to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello, welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. This podcast is one of a series of three supported by Telstra. As business owners, we dream to be that business, the one that's got the buzz, the one that makes all the right moves. With Telstra Tech and some good advice, we can help you stay ahead of the curve so that you can be that business too. For access to the latest technology trends and know-how to help you solve problems, create opportunities, and thrive in the future, head to telstra.com forward slash smarter for lots of articles, videos, case studies, podcasts, and more. In this special podcast series, I'm talking to three great guests and getting their views on the future of technology and how new tools help business owners work from anywhere. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking with Kelly Exeter, who aside from being Flying Solos, very shortly soon to leave as editor, is a master of what we might call the portfolio business. She has her fingers in many pies. So how does she keep things running smoothly with so many balls in the air, particularly when she's increasingly racing all over the place? Well, let's find out. Welcome, Kelly Hello, Robert. How are you? Oh, look, I'm, oh, look, I'm just hearing your voice saddens me. Oh, <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> look, all right, I'll move, I'll move on from that. But look, uh, one, look, being editor of Flying Seller is just one of the roles that you perform. And mm-hmm. I haven't checked this with you, but I've sussed out what I think are the hats that you wear. See how this sounds, right? You're a writer. You're a creative director of a design company that you run with your partner. You mentor new upcoming writers. As I say, you're editor for Flying Solo. You present two podcasts and maintain fly, uh, sorry, Facebook communities for both of those. You're a blogger with a blog, I think, slightly entertainingly called A Lifeless Frantic. <laughs> uh, you're a speaker and a presenter, increasingly internationally. You're a mother of two. You're a partner of one, and. And unless I'm mistaken, you're a competitive athlete. What have I missed? No, I think you've done well, Robert. I think you got everything. And yeah, it sounds a lot when you say it like that, doesn't it? <laughs> well, look, it does. So what <laughs> I want to know, the whole purpose of me getting you here is what the hell happens when you go overseas and interstate for a period of time. And I know you've recently, you know, you've been away to a conference in the Philippines, you've been presenting at conferences uh, interstate around Australia. How the heck? And I'm going to, before you even answer that, I'm going to give you, I'm going to chuck some particular things at you, right? Let's start with your kids, two children, right? Yes. What happens there? You know, you've got all these things, suddenly whoosh, mum's not around for the next 10 or 12 or however many days. How do you handle that? Who looks after the kids? What happens to them? Um, okay, so for the most part, I do try, if at all possible, to go away for events that are kind of near the weekend. So, because okay. Aunt can totally control, has everything under control over the weekend. Right. Um, it's just the weekdays, obviously, when the kids are at school, because he usually leaves for work about quarter past seven. 
Right. Sometimes he's taking Mia to daycare. Sometimes she's got school. She's kind of on that 50-50 school thing at the moment. Um, and Jaden has school every day. So what happens is usually a mum from school will um, – aunt will drop the kids at – a nearby, you know, luckily oh, okay. we, we go to school in the area, so everyone lives very close. So happily um, there will be a mum from school that says, yep, yeah, no worries, drop the kids to our house at 7.30 and we will walk them to school with oh, our okay. kids. All right, great. So let yeah. me stop you there. So that yes. initially then, so that's that's great. Well, that showed me is the first thing you do is you tr- absolutely try to make sure that the time you go away is it weekend? So that's a, that's yes. part of the time at least. Okay, so that that's that's clear. And obviously, when it's in in the case of a couple of things you've been doing recently, they're your events. Obviously, you can plan them for weekends. So that's pretty yes. good. And as you say, you have a network, you have a community, so you lean on them. And I'm guessing occasionally there'll be the you know pitter patter of little feet that don't belong to your kids. Um, occasionally, when they go away, so okay, Correct. you've yes. got a community. You lean, that's okay. That that makes a lot of sense. So that's the kids, right? Well, well, let's assume that's done. And Ant obviously steps up to the plate and and does a lot of um, a lot well, more will, a lot more daddy duties. I will say we I do have we do have more help because there is also the school pickup. So while oh, the yeah, kids okay. can certainly go home with someone, we do have a nanny as well. She comes twice a week, you know, to help me with stuff around the house. And this is you know this is probably a wider answer to the question. Yeah. How do you get so much done without going insane? Is I have household help twice okay. a week. Great. And that. And that takes off, I can't even begin to tell you the amount of pressure that takes off me. Okay, and isn't that interesting? Because, you know, that's, you know, so often in our businesses, we talk about outsourcing. And yet, Mm -hmm. uh, increasingly, or not increasingly, maybe, but frequently, I find people don't consider that, uh, you know, maybe having a nanny, having a cleaner, having a gardener, you know, if we're running our own sort of solo businesses, they're absolutely part of our team, aren't they? And, And in your case, essential. Oh, I mean, this is something I'm very passionate about and I'm really trying to not start a movement but start a movement insofar as, you know, even if you are a mum who, you know, you're a stay-at-home mum and that's your job is stay-at-home mum, like you you still deserve help. You still mm. need help. Like we all we all need help and yet exactly as you say. So we, f- we feel justified outsourcing in our business but we somehow forget – we think that the home is a separate thing. But for mm. most people, home and business and work, they're interwoven, blended things. Mm. So – and if you can take – you know, if you can take the pressure off at home in that, you know, when you come home at 5.30 in the afternoon, you don't have to now make dinner. Yep. And instead of making dinner, you can go and sit with the kids and do their homework or, God forbid, go and sit on the couch with the kids for, you know, 15 minutes. I just think that that's so worth it. If you have mm. the means to get that kind of help, uh, I just think it's crazy that we're not prioritizing that as something that's worthwhile. Yeah, look, uh, well said. And and I and I and I think you know, thus far we're not really going into much kind of tech, are we? But I do think that. <laughs> but but having said that, you don't have to look very far. You know, you look at these services now that again have been made possible so much uh, you know accelerated so much by tech where you can mm. have you know pre-made meals delivered to you you can have yep. the ingredients of meals regularly delivered to you these things that um i say are made accessible largely through advances in tech um and we can take when we can and we should where we can um 
you know, make use of that because it, it frees up our time and our head to do other things. And I find if I'm sitting at work, you know, I'm on, I'm on dinner duty a few nights a week here now as it yeah. happens. You know, I absolutely adore that probably because I only do it a couple of nights a week. Um, but it's, you know, it does, it weighs on your mind. And, and clearly if you're, if you're at home with a number of kids and you maybe don't have the kind of support network that you're talking about, Gosh, you know that can really weigh on your mind. But I'm going to let's move us on. Let's let's yeah. ima- let's let's imagine they're done. So now let's look at say clients. So you, I know, mentor a number of writers. You help them kind of develop their skills. So I would imagine, and knowing how you kind of react um, to people when they've got an issue, in that you're extremely responsive. How do you do that? So you've got a handful of people that are you know relying on you to support them in their development where does all that go when you're out of the frame for a few days or do you maintain it a little bit from column a a little bit from column b so i do um tend to put a uh, email order responder on my email addresses i've got three that I have to look after and I just all I do is I just let people know I'm away from my desk for the next x number of days I just won't be as responsive as I normally am I don't say I'm unavailable but I just say to them look you normally expect a response from me the same day don't be surprised if you're going to get a response maybe tomorrow or later tonight yeah uh, you know it's interesting that sounds like such a sort of simple thing um, and we know that all our sort of email programs have that facility, but it fascinates me still how many people don't make use of that, you know, and yep. how easy it's, is it to set up whether you're in, you know, Microsoft Outlook, you're using uh, Gmail, whatever you're using. It's a piece of cake and it's instant, isn't it? Yeah. And as you say, it's the easiest thing in the world to set up. Yet people, it's it's just extraordinary to me that people don't do it. It takes two seconds and it's, and all it is, it's a management of expectations. Yeah. And once you manage people's expectations, all the pressure is off you to, yeah, go about doing what you're doing, which is, you know, something out of your routine. Yeah. Okay. So look, that, that's a, that's a, uh, an automated, to, to an extent, automated way of managing expectations. With mm-hmm. those sort of one-on-one clients, do you do anything else? Are you, how far in advance are you, if, you know, are, in, are you indeed advising them in advance? Are you taking any other measures to, I mean, what about, say, for example, with your design clients? You know, what, do you do the same thing with them or do you have other strategies to keep expectations in place? Yeah, if I'm working on a project and I know I've got a trip coming up, I will say to them, you know, you know, we either need to get this finished before I go away or just be aware that I'm away in this amount of period of time. So we need to either hustle on here or if we get caught up, it's not going to be done till after I'm back. So I'm pretty clear and I'm, yeah, I'm always ahead of the game. So I know that if something comes in my inbox and it's going to take five or six days to do and I've got a trip coming up in three weeks I know those probably going to cross over and I just give the client the heads up then yeah okay but so again it's and you know these are these are steps that when you talk to you think well yes of course you do that but again so many people don't um you're you're setting expectations as soon as you know you're advising people you're looking at the your project flow and you're saying okay if we get this done by this time, all's good. If we don't, it isn't. We'll need to adjust things. So, 
you know, no one minds when they know what's happening. No, do they? You know? that's right. They, they definitely don't appreciate that they send through some changes on Wednesday and you say to them, oh, I'm off, you know, mm. I'm off for three days tomorrow and I'm busy getting it on top of everything. I won't be able to get this done till next week. Like that's something no one appreciates. So no. I definitely believe in the give people a heads up as as much as possible. So be organized, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, the one I particularly dislike is when you get the little note that says, huh, yeah. guess what? I'm in New York. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, bully for you. I'm just trying to get this project finished. You know, you're meant to be doing it yep. for me. Have a great time, why don't you? But can you just finish the work? Anyway. Yeah, um, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, what about locations then? So, you know, you're in cabs, you're in Ubers, you're on planes, you're in hotels. How do you manage your sort of blocks when the blocks are sort of disparate, uh, sometimes unplanned? How do you how do you handle that? Um, so I do find that cab rides or, you know, any kind of commuting when you're away or overseas are good times for quickly checking email, quickly um, checking in with social media groups. Like I've got, as you mentioned, I've got a few Facebook groups. So, yeah, any kind of what I consider to be dead time is good for that. So on my iPad, I have it, um, oh, what's the term? It's synced. All my emails okay. synced. Yeah. Right. I can't think of the IMAP is the word. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on my iPad, it's IMAP to my email account so I can quickly go on my iPad, can, you know, provided I've got coverage and, yeah, just get across emails, you know, delete the things that can be deleted, just make note of the things that need to be made note of that, you know. So it just means that whenever I get where I'm going, which is, you know, say I might be going to the hotel, I know in my head, okay, once I've checked in, I need to, you know I need to sort out those two things before I do anything else before I go get you know go get lunch or things like that. So it's just more of a heads up for me. I, I use those dead times to give myself a bit of a heads up. Yeah, okay. What I find when I'm uh, when I'm sort of traveling around doing things is I'll I will find I've suddenly got a sort of a gift of time that I just mm. didn't mm. really think about. You know, it could be because a plane's been delayed or it could be yeah. because an event's been knocked back or something. And I suddenly and I still frequently find myself in a position where, okay, I've got my my smartphone in my pocket and I've, you know, I've, I've, got, I've got all the syncing stuff done. But often what I don't have with me is the thing that I really need, which might be a book or it might be a sheet of paper or it might be a, a large sheet of paper so that I can do some mind mapping or something. Do you, do you ever get that? And if so, how do you cope with that sort of stuff? Uh, nope. I always have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't go anywhere with – I've got my laptop with me at pretty much at all times um, unless, like, you know, my laptop's at the hotel and I'm moving around. But whenever I'm moving around without my laptop, I always have my iPad and I always have a notepad. So, yeah, I am generally always have the resources I need at hand. I, I can't think of too many situations where I don't. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you're, so you're better than me. That's what you're saying. That's, that's <laughs> understandable. Saying, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about um, – I'm going to take us through another – and we might look at some sort of particular apps and, and tools that you just wouldn't be without. You've mentioned a few already. Um, what about health, eating, exercise? You know, when you're traveling around – I'd. You know, sometimes I find I go to events and you have the sort of bain marie with with sausage rolls yeah. on it, and it's that doesn't kind of do it for me as lunch. So, how do you handle health, eating, and exercise? 
If it's only a couple of days that I am away for, I don't stress too much about it. I mean, I when I'm at home, I eat really well. I exercise every single day. So I figure that if I'm away and it's only a couple of days, especially with plane trips, I, a lot of my, if I'm leaving Perth, it's always like a, you know early in the morning. So I miss my morning exercise. Um, but what I try to do is I'll try to walk like, you know, if they, if I've got the choice between walking to my hotel from the train station or, you know, grabbing an Uber, I'll walk, um, I'll walk to get a meal. As far as eating goes, I just do my best. Um, but certainly if I'm away for a longer period, like say earlier this year, we were in the Philippines, um, I tend to be more stricter with getting up in the morning and making sure I get at least, you know, 20 minutes to 30 minutes of moving done. And I do, you know, try to drink a lot of water and I do try to, you know, get a really good breakfast into me so that at least my days, you know, if the rest of the day goes to pear-shaped, I've at least had that good breakfast. Yeah, look, uh, that's a great point. And, you know, to, to just control it and get as much of the kind of the good stuff in, whether it's food or exercise, you know, at the beginning of the day or whilst you, you mm. can control it. Um, I remember speaking to um, uh, a woman a few years ago who does a lot of speaking and she she takes her own little sort of kit of, yeah. uh, of, of food because she was just spending her life in motels and hotels. And, you know, in, and you sit there and if you're not careful, all you've got is a mini bar and, you know, how, many, right. how many bars of chocolate and packets of peanuts can you eat? Um, not, not too many, hopefully. So she took, took her own little kit of food with her. So you, you don't do that, but you just, it sounds like you just, you plan it and you resist, it would suggest. Or you yeah. Would I mean, if I traveled more, I would probably have a few more techniques to, to deal with that but because you know I, I try not to travel more than once a month or once every two months I kind of figure it yeah if I have two days where everything goes a bit out of whack it's not the worst thing in the world because when I'm at home I'm, I'm pretty on it yeah okay okay so yeah all right so you're it's not it's not going to kind of devastate you because so much of your 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 life is is sort of more controlled and you're able to do those things so if you go a bit wobbly for a week it's not the end of the world that's kind of what you're saying Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, what about time for you? What about when you're, uh, you know, around, you're moving around, you're not with your family, and sometimes that can be quite pleasurable, I've heard. <laughs> um, you know, you're there by yourself. Do you sort of absolutely savor the time to yourself? Um, do you find yourself sitting in hotel rooms? Just thinking, what am I going to do next? I mean, how do you do? You have any any uh, anything to comment on that sort of side of things? Yeah, I do find it. You know, in theory, I should be in the hotel room, being like, "Oh, this is amazing! No one's talking to me. I've got quiet because I do like quiet." But um, I do generally find myself going, "Ah, oh, I, I need to go <laughs> find someone." It's it's quite weird to me, but I think maybe it's because I do get good time to myself when I'm at home. So when, yeah. I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm, I'm not dying for it. So I do tend to not hang around in my hotel room a lot as a rule. I do tend to not necessarily seek people out, but but more get out of the hotel room. I feel, yeah, get a little bit claustrophobic in there. After yeah, me. okay. And so with the various sort of communities that you've got around the place, do you are you one of these people that says, hey, I'm going to be in Brisbane tomorrow. Who wants to catch up? Do you do those sort of open things where you just see who's around or you, do you tend not to? 
I get really tempted to do those sort of things and then I remember what an extreme introvert I am and how much I loathe small talk and kind of common sense prevails. So the kind of thing where if if I can if someone else is running it and I can jump in and say hi to a few people and that that kind of thing I quite enjoy, but something where I'm the center of the group and I'm I'm the one that needs to be there to keep everything going. I tend not to do that. I love the idea of it, but I know that the reality of it is not something that would work well for me. Yeah, okay. So you crash other people's parties rather yeah, than throwing it pro- yeah, yeah, definitely okay. rather do that. Okay. I remember reading a story. This is going to move me on to my, my next little question. I remember reading a story a few years ago by um, a woman who was the sort of assistant of, uh, and possibly still is, I'm not sure, of Edward de Bono. And she had this great story where uh, Edward de Bono basically has a suit, um, a beige suit. And when he travels, he wears his beige suit. And that's all he wears. I mean, one would hope a few things under the suit get changed. But the suit itself, that's it. And she was explaining how uh, he'd recently, uh, they'd recently been together over to Africa. Um, to do a presentation and part of the sort of you know the um, breakout time breakout day was to go on safari with the number (laughs) of the delegates and everything and there's Edward down in reception as per usual with his beige suit on that's all he's and he's safari I think it was actually for two days and that's all he does (laughs) is he wears this same suit no matter what you do where you go with him I don't know whether things have changed, but he's, that's it. That's his wardrobe, is his suit. So what's yours? How do you handle that side of things? Oh, God, yeah, I definitely don't do the, the, the beige suit thing. But I do, you know, you've got your basics. I've got my the jeans that I like traveling in. I've got the, the shoes that I like traveling in, um, the layers, because I, I, get, I get very cold very easily. Um, but, yeah, I just I have to admit I'm not a very ordered packer. I'm not sure why. Um, I think it's because I'm, I'm so ordered in everything else. I'm like, so I just don't like thinking about clothes. So, hmm. I just pack a good bunch of outfits that I know are going to do the job, and that's about as much thought as I give it. You know, and, other, and all I care about is what am I wearing on stage? Does that look good? Does it give a good silhouette? Other than that, Russ everything else is yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so you're a lean packer, would you say? No, I, I'm somewhere in the middle, a, yeah. yeah okay. I'm not one of those people that plans like, you know, their outfits ahead of the game and then goes carry on only. I I don't want to give it that much thought. So because I don't want to give it that much thought, I always have checked baggage right. um, and I oh, always okay. pack more than I need. Oh, okay. Oh, so you are a woman after all then, aren't you? You're, 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 <laughs> just thinking of my darling wife has always got a little bit more than we need. Anyway, enough of that. Um, all right, so... That's given us a really good sort of snapshot. And it doesn't surprise me that you have this this level of sort of organization and you set up so many things. I think the handling of, of expectations of clients clearly is, is just so pivotal in all this, pivotal in all this. But what about there must be situations when the wheels have fallen off, when things have gone wobbly? Does anything sort of jump out at you? And if so, how did you handle that? Is there anything you thought, right, I'm never going to do that again? I actually can't think of any situations where I haven't been able to handle it. Well, that's I good. have to admit. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I wish that's I had a good. good, a really good story. But yeah, I do try to yeah anticipate anything that could go wrong ahead of going away. Um, I've got a great team at home to handle if anything does hit the fan. 
yeah, I'm never on my own. I've always got someone else that can step in for me if I need it. So I guess that's the key. I, I've got a team that can yeah, handle okay. things. Yeah. And look, and as you've, as you've kind of discussed through this, your team is diverse, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a number of people. So let's just dip back into social media, that side of things. So mm-hmm. you're very active, I would say, or you're active certainly on social media. You have a number of groups that you manage. What do you do there? Again, is it is this an expectations thing or do you just, I mean, how do you do it? Yeah, I try to, um, I tend to be on social media a lot during the day when I am at home because it's kind of where I go to just relax. Um, when I go away, I do, I generally, um, you know, the groups that I manage, I think they're happy I'm in there a lot when I'm at home, but I think they know from following me elsewhere on social media that if I go quiet in the group, they'll know it's because I'm away because they will have seen elsewhere um, that I'm away. There are a a couple groups where I do give people the heads up. um, I'm going away, so, you know, the things that appear in here from me over the next few days might be scheduled, you know, the the key things. But uh, for the most part, yeah, People are grateful I'm in there during the day normally, but they understand that if I am go quiet, it's it's not a big drama for them. Mm, but that's, yeah. an, again, an expectation setting thing that people know that my goal in life is to not spend so much time on Facebook. So whenever they um, see me not spending time there, they think, well, there you go, Kelly is achieving her goal this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And tell me, what does, you know, you're a very creative person. What does um, movements travel away from your normal base? What does that, how does that impact your creativity? Yeah, I mean, it definitely impacts it in a fairly large way. You know, all these people that go on planes and they write books on planes, good on them, but I'm not one of them. All right. So um, it impacts you negatively, you're saying? Yeah. I, traveling makes me tired basically, um, usually because it's, it's taken a lot of logistics and organization in the lead up to me going somewhere. So by the time I get on a plane, I'm just tired and I just need a break. So I use, I use traveling as consumption time as opposed to creation time. I don't put any pressure on myself to create when I'm moving around like that. Mm, that's interesting. It's funny because I, I, you know, from, for, uh, you know, in my case, I would say that I equally, I don't put pressure on myself, but I find it just flows. Mm. And maybe that's just being out of the uh, sort of stream of, of being get atable. Um, that's possibly it. And there's less, there's less sort of stuff around, you know, less of the things that might distract you aren't there. So for me, I find that it really fuels my creative. Now, I can't, I've lost kind of how many aeroplane sick bags I've got in my office with, <laughs> with notes on them and, and the mind maps and, and plans. But uh, it's interesting. So it's, it's slightly different for you. It's yeah. consumption more than creativity. Definitely. And I do mm. take the opportunity to consume because I don't get to consume as much as I would like when I'm at home, and, and which is not a bad thing. Creation is, it should be the, um, the first goal. But yeah, I do really savor the opportunity to do a lot of reading, lots of podcast listening um, when I'm away. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Okay. And looking forward then, looking to, you know, we, we're, we're sort of looming up to the end of a financial year. I know it's not quite the same as the end of a, of a calendar year, but, you know, the next year ahead, how do you see um, your sort of balance of moving around versus staying still? Do you, is that something that you map out an ideal picture or is it, do you kind of take it as it comes? Yeah, I definitely do map it out. This 
first quarter of the year has involved a bit of travel and so I actually was supposed to be going to Adelaide in May to to run a marathon and and then I was going to be when I speak at ProBlogger this year it's over two consecutive weekends um, at the end of July and the start of August so I kind of looked ahead to that looked ahead to the you know looked back to the end of April when I was in Sydney for that weekend and I went you know what I do not need that weekend away in May. I'm going to take that out of the the rotation and I read already like the I just feel so much better. Mm. So I definitely think that yeah, I'm I'm being a bit more judicious in what I say yes to and what I take on so that I'm I think once every 2 months is the max for me. As soon as I I traveled like kind of once a month last year and that was it just comes around so quickly when it's once a month. Mm. Once and and it's very disruptive every time. Um, you know, it takes a few days of preparation to go. It takes a, you know a few days to get back into the swing of things when you get back, and then before you know it, you're preparing to go away again. So yeah, while I was quite happy to do once a month last year, uh, this year, um, especially this year, I'm trying to write my fourth book towards the end of the year. Um, I just need to clear that headspace. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Well, look, I must say, you know, for whatever reason, I, I've never run a marathon. And I guess then when, now I think about it, that's probably why. You know, it, it would just it's be the it's, travel. You it's just don't the, want to do the travel. It's the inconvenience. You know, that's the thing. <laughs> look, Kelly, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us and, uh, and sharing, you know, your tips and thoughts and, um, and uh, you know, some definite uh, value there for people that are moving around and, also, just for how we kind of manage when we do have that sort of uh, portfolio type business and life. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Now, look, before we finish up, a big thanks to Telstra for their support of this podcast. As business owners, we dream to be that business, the one that's got the buzz, the one that makes all the right moves. With Telstra Tech and some good advice, we can help you stay ahead of the curve so that you can be that business too. For access to the latest technology, trends and know-how to help you solve problems, create opportunities and thrive in the future, head to telstra.com forward slash smarter for lots of articles, videos, case studies, podcasts and more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.